Bokartov, we are studying Sefer Shemuel Aleph. And we are now in the story, as we've been for a long time, of David and Shilomo. The, uh, Shilomo had, uh, not Shilomo, David and Shaul. Uh, Shaul had just surrounded David, and then he was called to fight off the Pelishtim. And then again, Shaul comes chasing after him in the desert. Where was this desert? In the... In the no, that was the first time. The second one was in the desert of where was a rock? Not in Gedi. Uh, no, Keila was even before oh, that. Is it in Gedi? There was Keila, then there was Zif, and now we're up to the third instance in which it was. Midbar in Gedi, no? Uh, was it Midbar in Gedi? What was the name of the rock? It wrote. Alpenet Sureha Elim. Where is it? Yeah, you're right. And he took. Here, I want to go. Where is the name of the rock that David went? Oh, that was in the Zif story. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm confusing everything. All right. Organize, organized thoughts. There was Keilah, was the first place that David saved. Then there was Zif, which is the place that he ran off to. The Zifim gave him up, and then they went up to that rock. And as they were encroaching and they're surrounding David, the, they was get... was going to give him up. They didn't actually... He asked they well, were they, to they, see if they actually were going to... And then David got away. But the Zivim went to Shaul and gave him up. And then you have the story of Midbar and Gedi, which, is, which makes a lot of sense because there are a lot of caves in that area. And Shaul was, went inside a cave to, uh, to was the spring use the bathroom. Also, you think? The main spring. I don't know. I'd assume yeah. it's a natural spring, no? Yes, yeah, so we assume it was... The, meaning that's also the reason why it would be there because they had water. How did they start oh. in the middle of the desert? Oh, oh, very nice. Very nice. That's like a Israel trip knowledge in action. Okay, so there could be. Uh, go to a spring because there's natural water there. Where, where else would David be able to survive? Okay, so they go there and then Shaul is, he is uh, vulnerable in that he goes to the bathroom in one of the caves and the people tell David, Oh, this is your chance. God told you you're going to defeat your enemies. And David thinks about it for a second. He rips the garment of clothing off Shaul. And then he realizes, wait, 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 wait. I can't be doing this. And then he tells his people off. And he goes, no, we're not going to do this. He's Mashiach Hashem. And um, then he calls out to Shaul. After he said, by the way, Shaul, look, I could have killed you now. And look what I did. I didn't kill you. Why are you chasing after me? I'm like a kelev. I'm like a, I'm like a nothing. I'm like a yatushechad. I'm like a little, little fly. fly. And God should judge between us. And uh, your evil will cause your own downfall. But I won't take a part in it. God will be the one to take a part in it. And that's David's amazing speech to Shaul. Probably got a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot off his chest, you know, because mm-hmm. he's been running away for his life, and it's been, he's been in constant, constant anxiety for so long. So now, um, he gets that off his chest. I want to show you something very interesting. This was how many instances in Sefer Shemuel Aleph do we see uh, something about Shaul's clothing? Good question, huh? In the beginning, when they have to, when he becomes king, well, we'll see. There are four times in which we talk about. Shaul and clothing, not necessarily Shaul's clothing, but Shaul and clothing. One, when Shaul wants Shimuel to come with him back to the people after the fight of Amalek, Shaul grabs Shimuel's garment 
And what happens to it? And it tears. And then Shemuel says, the, the malchut is torn from you. And you're no longer, you no longer will have it. Next, whenever, soon after that apparently, when David went to fight against the Pelishtim, was, or when he still wasn't even a general or anything, and Am Yisrael is fighting against the Pelishtim, they come to Goliath. And now what does David do whenever he's the one who takes up the, the, the task to fight Goliath? He grips his clothing to make No, he takes Shaul's clothing and he wears them. And what was that a symbol fight, of? And then, he, and then he ended up not wanting to wear it because it was whatever. It was, it was too big. He wasn't used to it because he wasn't a fighter. But the fact that he was wearing Shaul's clothing was representative of the future that he's taking, the the future that he's taking over Shaul's position. And then you have David... And then you have whenever, Shemuel, whenever Shaul is chasing Shemuel, uh, Shaul was t- chasing David, David at one point runs away to Shemuel, and then Shemuel is in the middle of doing prophecy for the people, and then Shaul sends messengers to go, this was after the story with Michal, in which they, David uh, faked like he was a good dummy, but David really climbed out the window, and Michal, the daughter of Shaul, helped him get away. Right, so David ran away to Shemuel at that point, and then Shemuel and then Shaul sends emissaries, and they all start prophesying. And then Shaul goes himself, and he starts prophesying before Shemuel, and his he strips his clothing, he takes off his clothing mm-hmm. as part of the prophecy, and he started acting like a crazy man. And that was also symbolic of Shaul losing his kingship. And then finally, David tears the garment of Shaul once again, symbolizing that Shaul's kingship has been lost. So. One of the running themes throughout the entire book of Shemuel is Shaul and clothing. Anytime we see Shaul and clothing, we know that we're talking about a hint to the status of Shaul's kingship. And here with David ripping it off, Shaul is like the clearest manifestation of that. In which David, ripped it in which David is ripping it off. Okay? Um, what's interesting is that David doesn't like, he, doesn't, he feels bad about doing this. Which means that when he ripped the clothing, the symbolism is that I'm now tearing the kingdom away from you. But then when he thinks twice, he said, it's not my duty to decide when I should tear the kingdom away. That's God's decision. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you want to go and say, oh, God told me I'm going to be king. Let me go, let me go take the kingship. You're going to slaughter many people in the process. Yeah, David, followers. Exactly. And that's going to be the topic of today's psukim. David isn't thinking like that. Saying, Hashem told me I'll be king, but I have to wait for him to do it. Mm-hmm. So even when I tore his garment, it's not good that I did it. Because I'm not supposed to be one to take the kingship. Okay, you could see that as one of the, the, the themes. Okay, Pasuk Yud Zayin. That's what we're up to. Whenever David finished speaking these things, El Shaul, Shaul, David, Shaul He says, Is this your voice, my son David? And Shaul starts crying. Pasuk Yud Chad, El David, He says to David, You are more righteous than I am. For I. For you have done good to me, but I've only done bad to you. By the way, it's a very, very, very common theme in Tehillim. When in the chapter we're studying in, in Tehillim right now, chapter 35, David complains that the people that seek my life are people that if they were to die, I would have mourned their death. But when I even have a limp, they're happy and they're saying, he'ach, he'ach, they're so joyful of my, my downfall. It's a classic theme that David is always doing good and all he gets in return is bad. Okay, and now Shaul is admitting that in this pasuk. You did good to me, and I did bad to you. And now you yourself have said that you've done good to me. By the way, 
Haggadah. Higate Ayom Adonai Elohecha. I don't know. It's just an interesting. Uh, it's it's no relation. I'm just pointing it out that that we're we're coming across in Yaned Yoma. Okay. You said today how you did good for me. That God enclosed me in your hands, but you still didn't kill me. Where did we see the word Sigirani? We see the word by uh, the Zifim. When they come to Shaul, the Zifim in the previous yeah. instance, they said, um, and we are going to Haskirenu biyad We're going to lock him up into the hands of the, hands of the king. And now who gets locked up in whose hands? Shaul ends up getting locked in the hands of David. Right, he had David had a clear angle on him. Okay, he was he was in a vulnerable position in the face of David. So now the word who ends up getting nisgar to whom? Shaul gets gets to David. So that's the way Boreolam flips. You know, people have uh, intent and Boreolam flips it on their head. Okay, it's using the same word that the Zifim used to get David into the position and in, into into Shaul's uh, possession. Okay, pasukaf v'chiyimsa ishato yavo. And is it common for someone to find his enemy v'shilicho b'derech tova and to just send him free? God shall pay you back good for the this thing that you did for me that. Your enemy was in your hand, and unlike every other person ever, you didn't kill your enemy. You let him go free. Okay, it's not a common thing. You did it, Hashem should pay you back. Good for it. I know that you will be king. And the kingdom of Israel will be in your hand. It will be established in your hand. Now please swear to me, do not destroy my descendants after me. And please do not destroy my name from the house of my father. What is Shaul asking for here? What was typical when a new king would come to power? You kill the previous king's, you kill the previous king's lineage and the family. So nobody has, a, has any claim no to the power. The so he said, please don't do that to me. Do not destroy my family. Do not destroy my name. I have kids, this, that. David swears to Shaul. Shaul goes back to his house. And Shaul and his people go back to the fortress, to the Mitsuda, wherever they were hiding. He's begging for his life. Shaul is not begging for his life, he's appreciative. Okay, so what's going on in the story? Let's do one more pasuk, pasuk uh, one, pasuk aleph of Perakafe. Shemuel oh. dies, all of Israel get together in order to mourn him. They bury him in his house in Ramah. David el Midbar Paran, and David goes. He doesn't join them in the Hesper. He doesn't join them in the in the praying for Shemuel. He leaves his area of the Mitzuda that was in En Gedi, and he goes to the desert in Paran, which Paran is on the eastern half of the Jordan, right? I think Paran's on the eastern half. He's really going far away. He went far. He went far. So, what was it seem? Does it seem like the pursuit is over? That no, Shaul is done chasing David? Now that Shmuel's out of the picture... Well, let's see. Okay, so there's a lot to analyze. First of all, what's going on? I, I thought Shaul hated David. What's going on with this, this story? Why, why is he... Pretending uh, so he won't kill him. Is he pretending so he won't kill him? So uh, I think is, the truth is that Shaul has a split personality. And what happens, I don't know if this is exactly true because I'm not a psychologist, but with a split personality, there are certain trigger events that could cause one of the personalities to come out. Right? So Shaul right now, he's, he's the depressive, he's, he's manic, he's like going from side to side, and he's, he's oscillating between two personality types. 
One of them is fear, gripped with fear that David is overtaking him and David is going to take the throne. Maybe David is going to kill him. But the other is Shaul, who loves David, who raised David, who was David's mentor growing up, who was the king who brought him, who made him something, who, for whom David was a, was a general, who's his son's best friend. And there are certain events that are so powerful that they quiet the scared voice in Shaul's mind and they cause this personality, this normal Shaul personality, the one that loves David, to come out for a little bit. Now Shaul has gotten to the point of his sickness where it barely ever comes out. But this in which David is saving his life when he could have easily killed him, brought it out. that brought it out. That brings out the, the good in Shaul for a little bit. Now what is, what exactly, it would have and by the way, and this is, language. it's beautiful, the way the Tanakh does, describes Shaul and, and conveys how much he's struggling psychologically, it's a beautiful thing. It conveys it in such a real way where you could almost feel exactly what Shaul's going through. Where there's like a... Shaul's enemy is more inside his head than anything. Where even Shaul is scared of himself. He's like, he knows that he's doing something wrong, but he can't control it because the second it grips him, it overtakes his personality altogether. It's like he's sick and he knows that. And he doesn't know that if he has control over himself. Okay? Now what does Shaul say to David? He says, please do not kill me. And he admits that you're going to be king. Very, very key, right? He admits that David is going to be king. Meaning that deep down, Shaul knows that David is going to be king. And all of his attempts in his sick stage to kill David are all a form of denial. You know, it was a personality built on denying that fact that he knows deep down is true that David is going to be king. That Shemuel has decided that Shaul is not good enough. Okay? So Shaul admits it. That's a very important thing. He admits that David is going to be king. And what else does Shaul do? Why is he constantly trying to pursue, trying to kill Wait. Because that's when it goes back to his other personality. It, it, Shaul has become so sick that that's his default personality now. The fear, the paranoia. the paranoia is his default personality. For a few moments, he could be freed from that. But then he slingshots back into it. He rubber bands back. Okay? So now, what does he say to David? I know they are going to become king. Yeah. And please have mercy on me. Don't what does he not say to David? Take the king. He doesn't say that I'm going to stop chasing you. No. He doesn't promise David that I'm going to stop chasing you. Which is a sign, it's a, it's a sad sign, but it's a sign that Shaul, even when he's in this good phase, he knows that he's, he's not stable. Not and he knows that he doesn't have it in him to stop anymore. He's gone over the edge. He's, he's too sick to stop. It's an amazing thing how beautifully the Tanakh is conveying this this mental issue that Shaul has that he can't overcome, okay? And now, according to the Radak, chapter 25 starts with the death of Shemuel. Why would it start with the death of Shemuel? Because according to the Radak, now that Shaul has admitted that David is the king, Shemuel's prophecy has now come true. Now even the current king has admitted that David is the king, so Shemuel's prophecy that David would be the king is now coming into effect. So that's why Shemuel's death is situated here. I think like what you said also, it probably is to show you that while the event that made Shaul come back for a little bit to his real self was that David saved his life, the second Shemuel died and Shemuel's out of the picture, maybe now Shaul is back to his old self yeah. and now he wants to chase David again. So we see at the end that David, he doesn't, he doesn't just go back home. He runs away to another fortress. It's the only person that knows And he runs that. away to the Midbar Paran because he still knows that the chase isn't over. But for a brief moment, Shaul admitted that David was king. Shemuel's prophecy was complete. And, and, uh, and, and we see a glimpse of Shaul's old self once again. I see that yeah. Shemuel was like the only one that said that he's not king anymore. 
once he he didn't like once, announce it to anybody. Right. He's the only one that knew. It was just between Shimuel and. Right, right. Once and so once Shimuel dies, no one else knows. Right. And he can, can he can stay he can stay king. Right. Exactly. So that would okay. have triggered him back into his old self. Yeah. All right. Baruch Amen. Amen.